your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday, well, late morning, early afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. A reminder to you guys that this show is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. So we're fully back now with five episodes a week. It's pretty crazy. You know, we've gotten through the offseason just about training camp. Their first Penguins first official practice was today. Have some line combinations for you guys coming up later, but you know the big news that came out of the weekend. No, it was not the Steelers almost beating the rounds with their backups. Was John Marino's contract extension? So news came out around this time, basically 11:30 on Sunday morning, um, that you know the, the Penguins were agreeing to a six-year deal. I think Pierre LeBrun first had it, and I saw that. I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it's four to four point five million per because I mean it would make a lot of sense, and I think that would be a steal of a deal. You know, I actually got something right. Um, Pierre LeBrun followed that tweet up with his average per year was four point four million. Again, guys, that is a hell of a contract. I don't know how Jim Rutherford can just time travel back to twenty seventeen with a great move, but he did there. You know, it's amazing that he can stink at trades at times and stink at a lot of free agent signings, but. He absolutely nailed this Marino contract. You know, 4.4 per year for him at six years, and he's it's going to cover all of his prime years. That's just a gorgeous deal for them. And I do think that this contract signifies that he is the heir apparent to Crystal Tang. But, you know, we got to see how he plays first in this season and for the coming seasons. Can his offense come out? And it's going to have to if, you know, people are going to take Marino being the heir apparent to the Tang. Seriously, I mean, Crystal Tang averages... 50, 55 points a season when he's fully healthy. I mean, he's done, I think, 60 once before. I think Latang also had 15 goals last season. His underlying numbers are really offensively. So we're going to have to see some of that this season for Marino, If, like I said, if people want to take that seriously. But, you know, you look at Marino's um, past season for the Penguins. I mean, he's an elite at shot suppressing. Um, his goals for percentage is 56.4%. His scoring chances for scoring chances against 374 to 356 um, high danger chances for 155, high danger chances against 130. His high danger uh, chances for percentage was 54.3%. I mean, this was a hell of a player last year. Goals for at high danger, 26 to 16. Um, on a saver, he, he was a product of good goaltending on the ice, 919, I think. And it was just a very stellar rookie season for him. And I think he kind of saved the Penguins defense this past season. No one really expected him to make the team out of camp. Remember, they, they, they had Eric Goodbranson at the time, and everyone was going to be like, oh, he's going to play in the top four role. John Marino said, no way, made the team out of training camp, made Goodbranson expendable. They traded him to, I think it was Anaheim, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And that was all she wrote. So I'm just, I'm really excited to see how Marino does this season. That's a great contract. Jim Rutherford probably made his best move of the offseason right there with that contract. Six years, 4.4 million per. Uh, I know some people are going to be like, oh, it could be the Olimata deal, you know, not a big sample size. I really don't think this is going to be the next Olimata, guys. I mean, I think if you look at the underlying numbers, Marino had is better defensively than Mata was at the time when he signed his deal. So, and... I think Marino has a lot more to give offensively. We all know Mata did too, but I think Marino can actually get there as opposed to Mata not getting there. So I would be pretty surprised if Marino honestly did not 
have more offense in him this season. And also, you know, for the people that are comparing this contract to Mata, I mean, Mata was also a lot slower on the ice than Marino, and, you know, his underlying numbers in the defensive zone were not nearly as good as Marino. So I think that's mostly why I'm just pretty bullish on this Marino contract. But yeah, great news for the Penguins. It was always going to be a big question what Marino was going to get with his next contract just because of how great he was during his rookie season. But you don't have to worry about that anymore. You have him locked up. You have Brian Dumoulin locked up. You have Marcus Pedersen locked up. You have Mike Matheson locked up for a little too many years. You have Chris Letang still locked up for a couple more years. The defense is mostly intact for a while now. And while I do think Chris Letang will re-sign with the Penguins, though for probably a much cheaper cap hit on a cheaper deal, um, the defense is honestly not that bad. You know, I know they have Cody Cece signed to a one-year deal. We're secret to see how much he's going to play. If by defensive pairings you look at today, which I'm going to get to, it looks like he's probably going to be an every-night player, which kind of sucks just because his limitations are... You can obviously see what his limitations are. I'm just going to say that. But, you know, the defense is pretty locked up. I mean, I could see them maybe moving Marcus Pedersen at some point down the line to get P.O. Joseph in there if he's ever NHL ready. But that's probably not, I think, for a couple of years. I think they're going to keep Pedersen up there in that top four role for a while. And I'm curious to see how Pedersen does this season next to Marino again. You know, him and Marino, their underlying numbers together were pretty damn good. So that's going to, going to be fun to watch. And before we do get to our next break, we can talk about some of the uh, – Line pairings, and you know, I get to bitch about them because you know it's one of my favorite pastimes to do, and you know, it's also the world is healing a little bit and it's a new year. So, Penguins had their first day of training camp today. Um, well, first day on the ice for training camp, I should say. Um, for those that are not aware, Kasperi Kapanen will not be here for training camp. I don't think he's going to be here for the entire training camp period because he's having, I think, visa immigration issues in Finland. Um, I've been reading that he may not be available for the first game of the season against Philadelphia, maybe not even the second game of the season. That's due, of course, he has to come back to Pittsburgh. He has to quarantine, I think, for seven days. And I think he has to have four to five negative tests in a row for the coronavirus. I think that's what I read. So, yeah, you know, that Kasperi Kapanen era part two, off to a great start as he's not here. I think he's the only player that's not here. Uh, I think also think Colton Sevier wasn't on the ice today. I'm sure Mike Sullivan will have an update on that after practice. But for the Lions... Gensel and Crosby, they put Evan Rodriguez up there. That should be interesting to see how Rodriguez plays next to Crosby. I know a lot of people are high on Evan Rodriguez. You know, he could be a decent play driver. You know, we just, we got to see it. You know, it was such a small sample size last season. He only played in a few games. But, you know, if he can take a big step, um, the Penguins could have something there with Rodriguez on only a 700K contract. I just don't know how well he will drive play for this team. That's my big thing. But, you know, the second line, it's intact. Zucker with Malkin and Rust. Third line, though, is where it gets sketchy. And Jim Jim Rutherford had some comments about that in a piece this morning from Josh Yowie. I'm going to get to that in the second segment. Um, Jared McCann on the wing. Mark Jankowski at center. Sam Lafferty on the right wing. Yeah, that third line is a bunch of crap. Um, that is not a good third line at all. I have never been that big of a fan of Sam Lafferty. I don't really think his underlying numbers are good. I mean, he can get into the zone fine with the puck, but I don't think his shooting ability is that good. Playmaking ability is kind of okay. I see him on this team as a 13th forward when everyone is healthy. Obviously, um, right now he's going to get playing time because Zach Aston Reese is out until February or March. But I just, I don't know. I've never been a fan of him. I know I've read that some writers say, like, oh, he was one of their best players on the ice during their return to play in the training camp for those couple weeks. I don't doubt that, but then, you know, he when he played in the playoffs, I think in that first game, um, he didn't really do much for me on that third line with McCann. So um, I'm just not a big fan of him. And even during the regular season, I just, like, I wasn't into it. But, you know, he has time to prove me wrong. 
And on the fourth line, um, Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev, of course, and then Drew O'Connor gets the uh, left wing spot on the fourth line. And, of course, that's due to Zach Aston Reese being out and Colton Seaview not being at practice. Um, it looks like the team is pretty high on Drew O'Connor from what I've read. I think he's from Dartmouth. Pretty decent score from there. They signed him, I think, to a was a two, three-year entry-level deal. It was either this past year or the year before that. I have to double-check, but I know they signed him pretty recently. I don't think he's going to make the team, but, you know, he's definitely going to be playing in Wilkesbury. And if, when injuries happen with the Penguins, it will, most likely will, I could definitely see him being a call-up, you know, maybe right after Nathan Laguerre or uh, Sam Puin. And then for the defensive corps, no really big surprises. Brian Dumoulin next to Chris Letang. That's one of the best top pairings in hockey. Marcus Pedersen next to John Marino. That's a hell of a top four. Mike Matheson next to Cody Ceci. Um, Cody Ceci is going to play this season, folks. I mean, he's probably going to win the number six job for as much as I've talked about on this podcast this offseason about wanting Chad Ruedel to beat him out because, I mean, I think he can. It's just probably not going to happen with Mike Selvin. They just signed Cody Ceci. They want to see what they have in him. It's fine that it's only for a million because if he absolutely stinks, which he probably end up doing, you can just put him in the press box. It's one million. It's not a Jack Johnson contract where he signed for five years at 3.25 million or something like that. And then you can just pat Chad Ruedel in there, who I do think is better to defensively and offensively but they are going to play Cody Ceci guys I mean that's just going to happen we're gonna to have to suck it up because that's just what Mike Sullivan is going to do and then the other pairing Yusso Ricola and Chad Ruedel so um we'll see how much playing time Ricola gets this season he probably will play a little bit assuming injuries do happen because like I said it's the Penguins and they always have injuries but you know, overall, I don't mind a lot of this defensive corps. It just seems like it's night and day from last year's. I mean, the top four is awesome. I think I honestly think, guys, like no bias aside, that this is one of the best top fours in the league for defense. Um, just because of Chris Letang when he's on his game, top ten defenseman, Brian Jimlin, one of the best number twos in hockey, and then John Marino only continuing to get better than with Marcus Patterson, who is great defensively, though. A little bit of a down year this past year. I think he can get back to that level. Um, he's great too. And then your bottom pairing, it's a lot better than Johnson Schultz. You know, we're going to see what we have in Mike Matheson really quickly. Can Tom Reardon work some magic with him? And then Cody Ceci, if you can not have his limitations be standing out very bad like Jack Johnson's, it could turn out to be semi-okay. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, it's going to be great with Cody Ceci because Tom Reardon is there as he's the defensive whisperer, as everyone like to say that Sergey Gonchar was. But, you know, if he can be semi-okay this year, I think I would chalk that up as a win in my book for the Penguins. And, of course, both goaltenders were on the ice as well, uh, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. And it looks like practice wrapped up as the, Mike Sullivan wants to keep them fresh. So that's basically it for the lines. Um, not too many complaints, though. You know, I still wish Chad Ruedel would be at the number six spot. And then, you know, I'll be curious to see how Drew O'Connor does in training camp if I can read more about him. And then, you know, we'll have to see what happens with the third line. Is Colton Sevier going to return to practice? Is he hurt? We'll have to see what happens with that. But still, it's good to see the team back on the ice for training camp and have a bit of normalcy in the world here as the season is getting underway in about nine days now. But, you know, to close out this segment, before we do get to the next segment, the Penguins, I think they have... So they're another team that have the um, a logo entitlement partner. I think the Capitals did one. So they have a big PPG now logo on their helmet. It looks absolutely terrible. Just total dog shit. I'm not going to get super upset about it, Like unlike some of these other people that have really gotten mad online about it. I just think it's terrible. If you guys want to check it out, go to the Penguins official Twitter account. It looks just pretty bad. But you know what? If you're going to overreact to it, just reevaluate your life please because it's really not that big of a deal even though i do think it's pretty bad 
it just looks really weird on there, but you know, I'm not going to get my panties in a bundle over it. But before we get to our next segment, it is time to talk about Bet Online. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can actually sign up today for a free account at that site and use that promo code locked on for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. You get a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hody. So Josh Yoey of The Athletic had a really great story this morning on talking to Jim Rutherford, um, just about a whole bunch of stuff. The big thing, though, was he was basically just talking about the future of the team. And this season hasn't even started yet, so it's interesting that he's already talking about that. You know, the 2022 is the big year for the Penguins. Uh, Gino and Tango's contracts are up and they're both going to need new ones if they're going to stay with the Penguins. Obviously, that's the biggest obvious statement I've probably ever said. And I think also Brian Russ's contract is up that year and I think Kasperi Kapanen's contract is up that year too. Um, but this was the big thing that Rutherford said here to Josh. He goes, he's spending a bit of money. He says, we've got to have some young guys in key spots. The key to this as we go forward a couple years down the road, we'll be plugging in an impact player into our lineup. Maybe a couple of them, not just a good player, but an impact guy. It's hard to get the truly impactful guys like Crosby, Gino, or Latang, but the time will come. We'll have to add one of those types of players. It's something that we're probably going to have to do in free agency. We'll have to find the right year to do it, but the time will come when we'll need to find a truly impactful player who's probably in his mid-20s. Um, that's a pretty interesting statement there from GMJR. He's already saying that when this season hasn't even got underway yet. And there's definitely is a way to do it for the Penguins, but you know, it is a hard way to do it. This is a cap team. They do not shed a lot of salary. They will have to do what Vegas did this offseason if they want to add a high impact player like they did with Alex Petrangelo. You're gonna they move someone like Paul Stassi, they move someone like Nate Schmidt. You're gonna have to move an impactful player or two to get an impact player like a forward into the lineup. And who could that be? I mean would the team feel comfortable trading someone like Brian Dumoulin? I wouldn't, but you know that that's someone they could potentially look to move. Marcus Patterson would fit that bill. Maybe you don't re-sign Brian Rust. I mean, who else could you trade? You're gonna trade Jason Zucker. He was pretty good for you. That would be kind of stupid. Um, you're gonna let one of the other core guys walk. I don't think so. You're gonna trade Chris Letang and move that salary out if he if his play deteriorates, which I don't think it will. There's a lot of questions that Jim is going to have to answer. They will have to trade a good player to get an impactful guy in free agency. And, you know, the Penguins will have to pay up to get that player too. I mean, you're talking like, what, seven to eight year deal, seven, eight million per for a cap team that spends up the cap every single year. Yeah, you're going to have to move outside or just like Vegas did. And I don't mind what Vegas did. They got a great player in Alex Petrangelo, even though he's 30 years old. And Jim wants to get a player that is in his mid-20s. But, you know, like I said, you're going to have to move some salary out. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Kasperi Kapanen, his deal is up in 2022. That contract comes off the books. Maybe that will help get the impact player, Brian Russ. Would you move on from him too? Would you trade a defenseman like Dumoulin or Pedersen? I'd feel more comfortable trading Pedersen in that scenario than Dumoulin just because I think Dumoulin is great. And, you know, what do you do with the two core guys? I mean, you obviously know Sidney Crosby is going to retire as a Penguin forever. But, you know, what happens with Gino and Latang? I would like to think that Gino will stay for three to four more years after that, maybe at a lower discounted price than his $9.5 million that he's making right now. But I think he will stay than Latang. What do you do with him? He'll be what? 
35 at that point. You have John Marino signed for a long time. I'd like to think that they would bring Latang back on a shorter term deal, maybe like what, two, three years, something like that at a lower um, average annual value per year to just finish off his career with the Penguins. Because, you know, I would love to have Sid, Gino, and Latang just finish their careers together. I know I've been reading some bold predictions that some people think that, oh yeah, you know, this could be it for Latang. This could be his last season here with the Penguins. I honestly don't see it. I still think he finished his career here with the Penguins. But, you know, I'll be curious to see what impact player Jim would add um, in free agency. I need to honestly go on to Cat Friendly and look to see what players are available. Because I think for this coming free agency class, there's not really like that many of big name players available. I think it's for the next one that is. But um, in another episode this week, I'm going to go on to Cat Friendly and take a, look, a much deeper look to see what players they could go after in free agency for like a big name contract. But, you know, other stuff in the article from Jim, I'm just scrolling through it basically right now. He already talked about the defense. You know, I touched on that earlier. Um, he said, there was also a little question. Jared McCann will play an important role for these Penguins. He's been streaky during his time in Pittsburgh and he will be moving from center to left wing to begin the season. Jim thinks it's going to be beneficial. It's, he's a good player and we want him to be comfortable. I honestly disagree with Jim Rutherford on that. I think McCann is better at center than he is at wing. I get playing Mark Jankowski there. You know, you want to see what you have in him. But, you know, you look at the underlying numbers, and I think McCann was better at center than he was at wing. I get I get it, though, if you just want him to stick at one position, you don't want to keep moving him around from center back to wing and then left wing back to center. So I understand that, but I just think he's a better fit at center than he is at wing. So, but, you know, we're going to have to see who his center is going to be. Like I said, probably will be Jankowski, but who's also going to flank him on the right wing? You know, is it going to be Sam Lafferty? Is it going to be Colton Sevier? You know, if he ever returns to practice, we'll have to see what happens on that front. And lastly, from the article, Jim said it's possible that Poulin and Nathan Legary could make the team, though. I think at this point, it's unlikely. I think they'll probably start the season in Wilkes-Barre. So that's basically it from Jim Rutherford with this article from Josh Yowie. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious to see what kind of impact player that they would add. You know, it's probably going to be a top six winger, I would guess. I don't really think they need to add anyone else to their defensive course unless you're maybe looking at a depth signing for the bottom pairing when Cody Cece's contract runs out, but I would have to think it's most likely a top six forward. And with that, before we do get to our next segment, it's time to talk about Bill Barter's 18 Amazing Flavors, 6 New Ones, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake are a few, 12 Original Flavors, Raspberry, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. It's great for the health-conscious person. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors is still the Cherry Barkia, 70 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hody. So um, for some reason, I think I forgot about the power play um, lines for the Penguins uh, to this morning for practice. I almost said this evening. Well, case in the Mondays there. Um, it looks like the big four are obviously on the power play. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Chris Letang. But the fifth guy that is on there, it is not Jason Zucker. It is Brian Rust. That's not too unexpected. I kind of want to see both of them interchange on there just because I think both have similar skill sets, but, you know, with the season that Russ just had with scoring almost 30 goals, it's not hard to see why that Russ is given the first shot on the top power play. I mean, Kisperi Kaplan is obviously missing time, so he can't get a shot on the top power play. But when he does come back, I would expect him to get a little bit of a shot just because of the price that the Penguins paid to get him. And then the second unit, I have it right here, Jason Zucker, Jared McCann. Marcus Pedersen, John Marino, and last but not least, Evan Rodriguez. So that's pretty interesting that they're going to give Evan Rodriguez some second power play minutes. 
I mean, I guess they really want to see what they have in this player. Um, some other power play notes from Matt Vensel, who covers the team for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Appears the Penguins want more interchangeability on the power play, for example, at different moments. We've seen Malkin line up in both circles and at the point. Apparently Crosby has also been floating around in between the hash marks instead of parking off the right post and a more overloaded look. Um, that Crosby point, it looks like, does Todd Breeden want Sid to be like the TJ Oshie on the power play? Because Oshie always kind of... Um, just is bound to hash marks. I, I've always seen him score that same goal on the Penguins like each year that Reardon was running the power play, just right in between two players, and then just fires that one-timer past Murray. It just happened in the playoffs. Happened in the regular season. It was it would always be a pass from Backstrom. So I'll be curious to see, you know, how much they move Sid around. I always prefer Sid to be down low on the power play. I think that's just where he works the best. His high danger passes down there are just absolutely through the roof and just his vision on the ice from down low is just top notch i don't think there's any player um that's better than crosby behind the net on the power play or for even strength than him he's just absolutely sensational with that and then for gino um lining up in both circles and at the point i don't really mind that too much i mean i don't mind him running the second point but you know i also don't care if he's just you know both circles it, it he's he'll be good at any position i think on that power play just i don't really want him down low i'd rather have sid down low just because of the reasons i just said so it is definitely i think going to be a new power play for the team this season there's just going to be a lot of different setups to it and you know and with todd Ridden running it you know i think he runs a better power play than a lot of other coaches in this league i mean it'll be a hell of a lot better than mark reckies because his unit last season and the season before that was just absolutely pathetic to watch i just you know in, in the playoffs in the return to play against montreal that power play was just that was one of the worst penguin power plays i think i've ever seen for as long as i've watched the team so it can only go up from there and i'll be interested to see you know what other wrinkles that reardon would have for it going into the season but i think that will basically do it for this episode you know funny enough as i'm finishing recording this uh danny shabri irving who's been on the podcast does great work for the pens blog um sent me um just a Pittsburgh 5v5 offense with uh, Sam Lafferty on the ice, 443 minutes. His expected goals per 60 minutes, 1.91. There is a lot of blue on the heat map. You obviously want more red from um, Micah Blake's, just his unblocked shot rates uh, charts. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was not a good season for Sam Lafferty. And I think that's why a lot of people, and myself included, are just not that high on him. You know, I know some people are, you know. I, I can't wait for him to have like five goals or something and be a fan favorite, you know, while Jared McCann just basically gets squashed over by the fan base for just having a bad few games as third line left winger or third line center. So we'll have to see what happens with that. We all know what the team's biggest problems are going into the season. What's going to be made of the third line? How much playing time is Cody Cece going to get? What's going to happen with Tristan Jari? Later this week, I'm going to have like some bold predictions uh, for a show and just, you know, my expectations overall for this team, how far I have them going and all that as we just ramp up to the season. And also um, this week, we will have Jesse Marshall on the podcast again. Haven't had him on, I don't think, since August, since after a couple of moves. So we're going to pick his brain a bit on how he sees the team doing this season, some bold predictions from him, um, what to make of some of the line combinations, what the ceiling is for some players, you know, all that. That's coming up, I think, on a Wednesday episode. I'll be posting that on Wednesday. I think I'm recording with him on Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's great to be back recording five episodes a week. I'm really excited for this. I'm sorry for the lack of content during the off season, but you know, we're back in full swing now. We're going to have more guests on during the season. I can't wait to just be talking about all these games with you and just talking about the practices and everything surrounding the team. So stay tuned for another episode coming tomorrow and I will talk to you all then. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday.